0: Three, two, one, come back to another episode of AT Talks. We're on topic two, still talking about burnout. Today, we're with Dr. Nick. I didn't introduce him, to that, but he's got his doctor in athletic training, and we're with Jen. So, Who wants to talk first about burnout?
1: Uh, you said you had an idea, so why don't you first? <laughs> oh.
2: She okay. cut out of my screen, Tom. I couldn't hear what she said. She said that you oh. had an idea to talk, so go ahead and talk. Mind sure, you. sure. Yeah. So I, I I honestly, when you asked me to go on this, I, I wasn't really interested to go on this initially, but that changed yesterday uh, because uh, I heard a great conversation um, from a chiropractor and a rheumatologist. And these were just two practitioners talking about patient care, struggles, challenges, etc. within their own practice. Um, And these both of these providers work for a hospital system. So that's the setting we're thinking about clinic based um, care. And uh, the chiropractor asked a great question. He said, How much time do you spend with new patients? And she said, and this and this practitioner, the rheumatologist said, 40 minutes or more, if I feel like I need to. And the thing that they got hung up on was the fact that, Sometimes, you know, in a hospital-type setting, it it very much feels like I need to see X amount of patients every day because my stakeholders care about how much revenue revenue am I bringing in. So as much as they want to spend an hour-plus with some patients because really in their practice, getting a history for a rheumatologist, getting a thorough history and really understanding what is ailing a patient is so vital to figuring out how to best help them. you just you feel like you're burning the candle at both ends because you start loading up your schedule more. Hey, you know what, fill up my lunch. I'm not going to take a lunch today. I need to see more people. I got to spend more time with these patients. Um, and when you don't have that ability to spend that amount of times, you know, sometimes it affects the quality of care. And at the same time, you can't spend more time because now you're making the next person wait and now you're affecting that person's experience. And it just made me think about, like as an athletic trainer, what, what do we typically talk about? You know, Hey, I got 20 minutes and I got to try and see 20 people and I don't have time to do a full eval. I don't have time for these things. And, you know, it's, it was just so eye opening to hear that this isn't a problem. It's a, it's a similar problem. It's, it's it's framed a little bit differently. Our problem is, Hey, practice starts in 15 minutes or, Hey, I really want to go out and play today. Um, And they're looking for the quick fix or you know uh, there's other barriers to preventing us from doing our job to the best of our ability it's something that is experienced in other professions as well um it's just you know there's different barriers um and i think the other thing is that uh, i mean i know coming out of undergrad the idea of spending 40 plus minutes with a patient was like mind-boggling to me like what would i even do for 40 minutes um So I think there's the opportunity there to say, wow, like if I really did have the time with my patients, what am I going to be doing and how am I going to make sure that I'm using that time wisely? And I think when you talk about burnout and AT, you know, it's looking at those barriers and saying, how can I make sure I'm providing best quality of care for my patients, but also not running myself into the ground. Um, And I'm sure and time management plays a big role in that. And um, I, think, I think there's, le- there's it, t- take it this way, I learned a lot from that conversation they had yesterday where I can say, wow, here's some ways that I can be helping myself and helping my other colleagues like, manage burnout and making sure they're not running themselves into the ground.
1: Cool. Yeah, I guess I could.
2: Can- <laughs> Go ahead.
1: No, that's, that's good. I think there's, that's a good point about like having coworkers and people to talk about this with and um even I mean, those are two doctors who do completely different things and um mm-hmm. the fact that they can connect on that and just talk about how it's like patient centered. Like that's what they were just talking about, the patients, not like what they do specifically, but um just the people they work with and um I guess that's I don't know where I'm going with this. But, um, I okay. This is where I'm going with this. So, um, <laughs> um as a clinician, I guess I'm very like results oriented, and I want like to see the range of motion increase, or depending on you know what the goal is, and I want to see them do this, and I want to see them do this, blah, blah blah blah, all these goals, and I focus on those. I'm very like. Focus on those and don't worry about other things like how are they feeling today or how are, you know, I was kind of where my head was at because I felt that's what mattered. Um, just because in school, you don't talk about that stuff much. You kind of just talk about the science and everything. So coming to grad school, it was a big change for me when my supervisor, um, who's just been super helpful with me, she just talked about me needing to gain the athlete's trust and being able to be there with them and talk with them whether that means like spending a whole hour with them one day, just talking to them. Mm -hmm. Um, That's for me right now, it's kind of easy to do in a sense because I have like 12 athletes. Right. But Mm -hmm. I guess I have a special case where I'm also doing my research project, which was terrible. I mean, it was an awesome project, but it was just so much time Mm -hmm. that when I was at research, I was thinking about work and my girls were texting me when I was at work. I was thinking about research and, all the kids participants were texting me like, "Hey, I can't make it," and I was just like, "Holy cow um, and then on top of that, I had school and then applying for jobs so <laughs> just like so much stuff to do all at once, I was like, "How am I supposed to find time to just even like like care about them in the sense of sitting with them and, and being there and um, to me, the biggest key was just the idea of being present. I spent a lot of time last semester just kind of in a fog I just was like so focused on what's next what's next and what do I have to do and just stressing myself out and um I'm working on that a lot this semester and just like trying really hard to be at practice 100% when I'm there you know and like I had a kid come in today and she got on the Normatech, like the puffy pants and you know I was like well I could go back to my desk and maybe just do some of my research stuff but Mm-hmm. I decided to just sit there and just talk with her. And like within two minutes, I forgot that I was even stressed out about stuff. I kind of just focused on her and being there with her. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's just to me, it's just been really helpful. Like no matter how stressed I am or whatever is going on, it's like, I'm going to just focus on this right now mm-hmm. so I can give hundred percent here. And later when I'm doing homework, I can give a hundred percent there. And that's a lot easier said than done because mm-hmm like kind of cry about once a week right now um at home that's (laughs) not bad I have
0: friends that cry every like every day
1: yeah so (laughs) so like I mean I think I think when you're in grad school there's a bit of a different thing there it's a little different than like when you're when you have a big girl job as I like to say um but (laughs) um that's kind of been my experience and yeah
2: yeah
0: I'm a I'm very much kind of how you are, where it's just, um, this is where we are today. This is what I want to do tomorrow. And then this is what I want to do. So it's like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I don't enjoy the process. I enjoy getting to the end. But once I get to the end, it's like, oh man, there's there's something next. There's something next. I never really feel uh, satiated with it. That's, That's not the word I wanted to use, but that's the word that, like, I just, I want more. I don't feel fulfilled. And uh um, mm-hmm. talked with Kent Gaines and Alicia Pennington a couple months ago, and she talked about just trying to slow down and enjoy the process. You can never have too many of those soft skills either. Like being present is huge because once you win your kids over, they're going to help you from burnout because life can get pretty crazy pretty fast. And when yeah. gay, you have all that schoolwork, all those projects, all your research, and you have a very, very small paycheck, and you're poor all the time, and, like it squares out your mental health.
2: You know, yeah. it's, 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 fun. it's interesting you said that, Tom, about if, if you have buy-in, if you have investment from your patients, basically. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, the, the most uplifting thing, I, you know, the most uplifting thing a patient's ever said to me, I was in my first job. And um, it, was my, it was like I had different, within the first job, they tried to put me in different positions where I was working different sports, doing something different. And I had about a four to five week rotation where I was not actively covering practices or games. I was just doing rehab. People who had long-term rehabs, that's what I was doing, really focusing on that. And it was difficult. I would say that was one of my weaker areas coming out of undergrad. Um, And I struggled and it, it, it felt different. And in that sort of way, I felt like I had to try really hard to like motivate myself to say, I want to go do this today. It, It was like, man, I'd really rather be out watching practice or, you know, helping out with more game activities. And I remember a patient came up to me. uh, It was like a grade two hamstring strain. And I'd been working with this patient for a couple weeks. And after our rehab that day, she said, you know, I really can tell that you really care about what you do with all of us in there. And that was like the big, like I was, I was probably burnt out as all hell, but hearing that simple compliment of saying, I can tell you really care about what you do. and and we all really appreciate that. That was the biggest thing to say, wow, that felt so good. It gave me so much energy and invigorated me to keep trying and keep doing what I was doing. Um, And I think exactly, and it's, and it's exactly what we've been talking about. If you sit and listen to your patients and you get to know them and you spend that quality time, you still can obviously focus on results, but if you can have those meaningful conversations, it will, 100% strengthen that relationship for you and the patient.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think, hear, I mean, like hearing things like that is just super awesome. And it's not like, you know, you, you need that kind of validation, but it just really gives you that extra boost sometimes. And like, I think for me, the hardest thing is, um, more of that internal like. Um, sort of like validation if that makes sense or like that internal like being able to say hey i'm burnt out but i want to do this and try to bounce back or something like that and i think that's really hard for everyone i guess um i my personality type is just like i'm so hard on myself like Mm -hmm. i need to be perfect absolutely all the time and that's really draining and um when i'm able to kind of let go about just certain things, it just feels a lot better. But for me, like my biggest thing or advice, I guess, for burnout mm-hmm. that I've heard is just um, that self care is an active process. And, you know, I think people think self care, oh, like bubble baths and painting your nails and all that stuff, which I do enjoy. But um, <laughs> I think the biggest thing is just uh, being active in caring for yourself, um, whether that means, like, you know, taking time to go to the gym um, and work out, or if it means like pushing yourself to, um, talk about like one item of growth a week or something like that. I don't know. Just, just like challenging yourself to do these new things. And, and, um, yeah, it's, it's just really important. A lot of times self-care is like doing things that you don't want to do, but you know that they're good for you. So, um, that's just, been huge for me, and I guess I I really like to talk about like concrete items that you can do because that's just how I am. But um I do work out a lot, but I know that a big thing for me that I haven't done in probably months because I keep sort of forgetting is meditation. um And to me, that's that's like is like an active self care process because you have to you have to want to sit there kind of for five minutes at least in silence. Yeah. And just it takes practice. It's yeah, mm-hmm. and it's freaky. It's it definitely is not. For everyone either, which is totally fine, you know. But um yeah, that's just something like that I know when I do it I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're burnt out, sometimes you're just like, I don't wanna do anything. You know, all you wanna do is just sit on your couch and yeah. eat popcorn and cry. So that's <laughs>
0: I would I would do guided meditation in grad school. I would put on like a, mm-hmm. a YouTube video and just lay down on the bed or on the floor or sit up like cross legged and just try to go through it and think too much and feel the energy going through your body or listen to like rain in the background what would you recommend nick for those struggling
2: with burnout and- so I, I and i think it's i think like jen said it's going to be different for everyone i Absolutely. i do agree it it's got to be an active thing that you mm-hmm. do it's not oh when i have time or yeah. no set time out set time in your day hey, I'm going to spend 45 minutes doing X thing because I need to do that to help me with either mental, physical, whatever burnout you're experiencing. Um, I love going to the gym. I think, I think working out is very therapeutic. Once you get into it and make it a habit, it becomes very therapeutic. Um, I do video games. I watch YouTube videos. I will, um, I'll, just, I'll literally lay on the floor and play with my cat for an hour sometimes. Aww. That's the most therapeutic thing in the world for me just to like completely forget about the whole world and just be like, it's you and me, bud. And he's like, please leave me alone. <laughs> um, um, but I think whatever it is that puts your mind at ease, mm-hmm. that lets you kind of release that stress, whether that is meditation or just practice full, or practicing mindfulness. Um, Jen, what you said about, um, you know, being your being a really big critic of yourself, being really hard on yourself, mm-hmm. I think being able to reinforce positive self talk, you know, if you make a mistake, don't say, Oh, I'm a screw up or, Oh my God, I'm terrible. Say, you know what? I made a mistake, but I'm going to do better next time or I'm going to learn from this. Try and reinforce your thoughts and your esteem with more positive, um, enforcement. I think that goes a long way. I know it's done a lot for me. Um, so those are the things that I would recommend or that I do. Um, but again, and everyone's going to have their thing that they just mm-hmm. enjoy doing to help decompress.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think, I guess, I just want to talk about this. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. The biggest thing for me, or just, has been just going to therapy um, and being able to talk out my ideas and, like, you know, even when I'm in therapy, I'll think of something. I'm like, oh, like that makes so much sense. And it's just like having. I don't know, having someone to talk to about just things you're struggling with is really helpful. And like, you don't even have to like, I guess like have a mental illness, you know, to go talk to someone. Like you can just go, even if you just really struggle with certain things. Um, So for me, like I have learned about sort of like a values-based system that I really enjoy. Um, I'm a very like values, morals, rules-driven person. So I'm always like, okay, that has to be done exactly that way. And if it isn't, I'm going to freak out. And um, that is one of the things I go to first, but I'm trying to make it my value. or My value is the idea of flexibility and gray areas and, you know, people doing things differently and stuff like that. And I don't know, being able to just talk with someone about that and for them to ask me, you know, oh, why did you do that? did you do that because you a out or did you do it because of your values or stuff like that? It's just been really helpful. And I know that resources are tough to get to like, you know, financially and stuff, but, um, I think there's always a way to do it somehow. I don't know. There's a lot of like apps now that you can, it's like better health or something like that where you can like,
0: uh-huh.
1: yeah. actually talk to people, um, through the app. And that's, kind of cool so there's a lot of resources out there but that is by far like my top thing Mm -hmm. if you have access to that yeah no
0: and um i had ed on yesterday he's from vermont and he he said the same thing he's like don't don't keep all that negative negativity and all the unspoken words pent up talk to someone about it and if you need to talk to a therapist or some type of person that specializes in that or even if it's just a friend like i'm not hearing any And I feel very isolated and I, like, I just, I don't really care. So I just share my thoughts with Twitter. I'm like, let's just feel, there's four sentences. I don't proofread it. I just send it. And then if people (laughs) don't like it and they're angry about it, I'm sorry, but I'm going to send out 10 more tweets in the next two hours. Get over it. (laughs) Anything else we want to add to this topic of burnout?
2: Uh, I 100% agree with everything you and Jen just said. Mm
0: -hmm thank you because we're right no i'm just kidding just kidding
2: oh okay
0: (laughs) one of the things i don't know if this was in the the, in the uh, alicia pennington discussion but as providers we always give ourselves and it's like pouring from a cup and they say you can't pour from an empty cup and someone said well you don't have to pour from your cup you can just overflow Mm. find what fills you and then once you overflow you can really impact those around you Mm. constantly Mm -hmm. giving yourself yeah, I thought that was a unique way to uh, discuss that. But I appreciate the two of you coming on. And I hope to have you on for future topics. I don't know what your topics are yet because we haven't voted on them. But we'll find out in the future. Cool.
1: Sounds yeah. good.